Everybody, we are back for the divisional round playoffs. We are Wagers Ragers, two friends from the Garden State, the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. The state, well, you know, last week was the Jersey tomato. This week, it is sweet Jersey corn. An outstanding. And if you haven't had it, and you live somewhere else besides New Jersey, the sweetest corn you will ever have. But if you're new to Wagers Ragers, we're two friends who just love analyzing NFL football games in a betting sense and telling all of you what we think and how we think the games are going to play out, point spread wise, prop bet wise. And we are also passionate about our electronic dance music, and we will give you our tracks of the week at the end of our podcast. So without further ado, I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and us always, as always, with me, my compadre, John, the Hedgehog Donneth. The Hedgehog. John, we are into the divisional round. Super wild card uh, weekend is over. We are down to eight teams, four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. How are you doing? How are things going? Talk to me. Well, I mean, I guess you can just call us the children of the corn, right? The children of the tomato, children of the corn, children of going down the shore. But this week, we're the children of the divisional round of the playoffs. And I could not be more excited because this week, not only do we get to give our favorite picks on all four divisional games this week, we are very excited uh, to have a very special guest with us later in the pod, one Heath Cummings senior fantasy writer over at CBS Sports, somebody whose work I've followed for several years now. I'm a big fan of his, and he was gracious enough to agree to come on the pod. He's going to be talking with us about the Sunday games uh, later in the pod, but before we get there, we've got to knock out these two Saturday games, man. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew! Yeah, I mean, we we gave you the sort of, uh, you know, sneak peek last weekend and told you we were going to have a guest that was going to be joining us this week and Heath Cummings was gracious enough to uh to guest spot today in the lit in the second half of our podcast so we're looking forward to hearing from Heath and uh in his his great advice on the two Sunday games but we're going to skip over a recap last week was a mixed bag for me probably for John as well sorry for John's Eagles uh you know bowing out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers But we move on and we move on to the divisional round and we move on to, you know, to me, you know, for everybody else or not for everybody else, for a lot of people, the Buffalo Bills are the darlings of the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of people are picking them to move on to the Super Bowl. They played the Chiefs this weekend on Sunday. But for me, the darlings of the playoffs, welcome to the jungle, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are going into Tennessee this week. They are the first game on Saturday. They're playing the number one seed Tennessee Titans. And to me, I think the Tennessee Titans are probably one of the weakest number one seeds that we've seen in a while in the playoffs. But right now, the line for the game with the 
with the Tennessee Titans and the Bengals is Tennessee giving three and a half points at home with the under over being 47 and a half points. Bengals played last week and they defeated the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, it's, it's amazing to me that Tennessee has, has held on and captured the number one seed, especially after losing Derrick Henry in week eight. He's back from IR. He's back playing. He's activated and he will be in the backfield for the Tennessee Titans. These two teams met. The last time they met was in week eight of 2020. And Derrick Henry had 112 yards rushing and a touchdown. But Cincinnati won the game 31-20. Now, let's look at last week's game. Cincinnati beat the Raiders. The Raiders had a chance at the very end of the game, but I thought Cincinnati played a really, really good game. I think Cincinnati's on a roll. So let's look at these two teams. The Titans did not have Bud Dupree in their defensive uh, alignment the last time these two teams played. And he is a force back there, especially at linebacker or edge rusher. Pass rush, Harold Landry, 12 sacks. D'Amico Autry, nine sacks. Jeffrey Simmons, eight and a half sacks for the Titans. I mean, this is a formidable defense. Secondary, though, is possibly vulnerable. Only they're the 25th most passing yards. Um, but uh, Kevin Bayard, in the, in the secondary has five interceptions and 13 pass defenses. But if Burrow has time, he's got, a, he's got a multitude of receivers between Jamar Chase and Higgins and Tyler Boyd and the, their tight end. I always pronounce his name wrong, but Azuma um, back there receiving passes. But Joe Mixon this year, 16 total touchdowns. Now, the Titans struggled initially after Henry went down, but they did have some impressive wins coming down the stretch against San Francisco, Miami, and, well, not, not so impressive against the lowly Texans. But they eventually ended up winning the number one seed, and so you have to give the, the, the Titans credit. Um, Derrick Henry is healthy. He's back. Julio Jones is healthy. He's back. A.J. Brown is healthy. He's playing. Now they have their full complement of offense in this game. So where do I see this game going? You know, I've gone back and forth and back and forth on this game. And if the line wasn't the Titans laying three and a half points, I'd probably take Tennessee, especially with Derrick Henry back. But I just think this game is going to be close. I think the Bengals have a really good team. They played well against Las Vegas. They played well this season. Joe Burrow is legit. So I'm going to take the Bengals and I'm going to take the three and a half points so long as the hook stays in play. If the line drops to three, it's probably a game I'm going to stay away from because I think it's going to be a push. I think it's going to be a close game. I really think this game is going to come down to quarterback play. Is it, you know, Derrick Henry is going to get his yards. Joe Mixon is going to play. He's going to get his yards. Um, it's going to be who's going to play better, Joe Burrow or Ryan Tannehill. And in this game, I think it's going to be a pretty even matchup, and it's going to come down to a field goal game probably at the end of the game. So give me the Bengals, and I'll take those three and a half points, and that's how I see this game going. Before I get into props, John, what do you think about this game? I'm going the other way, baby. Going the other way. 
You always go the other way, it seems like, recently. You're going that way. I'm coming the other way here. Yeah, this is a weird game. You know, I'm, I'm sure, especially as a Jets fan, you're remembering your Jets taking down the Tennessee Titans 27-24. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, the Titans built up a 21-0 league over the lowly Houston Texans and had to hold on for dear life to win the game in a game they really needed to win to secure this number one seed. But the Titans have just been um, kind of a weird team like that, playing down to their competition. But they've had some really, really impressive wins this year. Yes, they lost to the Jets. Yes, they um, had a rough game against the Texans. But they also beat the Rams. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Niners. They beat every other team that's in the playoffs still. I just think that this Titans team is well coached, okay? They've got um, a, a very good defense. They've got talent on offense, uh, a big play machine in A.J. Brown, who's supposed to be fully healthy now. And it's the return of the king. King Henry, Derrick Henry, is confirmed to play tomorrow in this game. The Titans secured the number one seed without having their best player most of the year. Now they're getting him back fully rested, presuming he's fully healthy. I like the Titans in this game at home, giving three and a half man, I might give up to like a touchdown in this game. The Titans are five and two against the spread versus a team with a winning, with a winning record in their last seven. And they're six and two against the spread in their last eight home games. Obviously this game is in Tennessee. Cincinnati's run defense is suspect, or at least it has been suspect down the stretch. They've allowed a hundred or more rushing yards in five out of their last six games. What's Tennessee going to do? Tennessee is going to pound the rock with uh, Derrick Henry, Deontay Foreman, and then they're going to do play action with Tannehill going deep to A.J. Brown. I think they got this game, man. As a matter of fact, uh, last week before the playoffs began, I put bets on both Tennessee to make it to the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl, and Ryan Tannehill to be the MVP because they had by far the longest odds of any team that actually got a bye, which is nuts to me because they had a built-in playoff win to begin with. I think the Titans win this game. I think they covered the three and a half points spread easily. I think the Bengals uh, dream season has come to an end now. I don't think they have the defense to take them deeper into the playoffs. I think the Titans win the game. Give me the Titans. Give the points. Hey, look, man, we're going the other way on these games like we did last week for Super Wild Card uh, uh, weekend. And we'll see what happens. I just... You know, it's the hook that bothers me in this game. And I think it's going to be a close game. I think both teams are, are playing well. And I, I just, I, I, I know that Derrick Henry's coming back. And listen, when, you know, in about two seconds, you're going to hear my props on this game. And I think he's going to have a, a big game. But I like Joe Burrow over Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback position. He's just playing phenomenal. And he's been hooking up with his college teammate, Jamar Chase. So, I think it's going to be a close game coming down to a field goal. And that half a point is the thing that puts me over the edge and, and, and makes me want to, you know, take the Bengals in this game. So props. All right. So I have two props for this game. I don't like to stretch it out to, you know, usually more than two to three, but Derek Henry's coming back. I'm going to venture to guess that he's probably been pretty healthy the last couple of weeks. And they've decided, they decided at the end of the season to hold him out rather than play him in the last game of the season. And once they locked up that number one seed, so I think he's going to come out guns blazing. My prop for him is his rushing total. So his rushing total right now on DraftKings is 79 and a half. 
minus 115 on DraftKings. I love it. I mean, usually his rushing total is like in the 90s. Right now it's 79 and a half. And I think the reason why that is is because I think the, the, the betting public and the Sharps are probably looking at it saying Derrick Henry's coming off an injury and they're not going to give him the ball a lot. They're going to put him on a pitch count. He's coming off an injury. So he's not going to be the Derrick Henry that he was before he got hurt. I think the other way. I think they're going to run Derrick Henry all day long. He's going to have a big game. He's probably going to rush for over 100 yards. So give me Derrick Henry over 79 and a half rushing yards. That's my prop on the Tennessee side, minus 115 on DraftKings. Lock it up now before it goes up, before people start jumping on the bandwagon that Derrick Henry is going to run the ball you know, a million times. There's no prop right now on DraftKings for attempts. There may be on FanDuel. Uh, but if one pops up on DraftKings and it's 19 or under, I'm going to jump on that. But right now I'm taking yards over 79 and a half of Derrick Henry. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, it's been like a renaissance over the last couple of weeks for the Bengals and the Burrow-Jamar Chase connection. And Jamar Chase just went off. Right now, his prop on DraftKings is 76 and a half receiving yards. I love that. And I think Joe Burrow is going to uh, go to his former teammate, his best bro, his teammate, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I'm going Jamar Chase over 76 and a half receiving yards, slightly more juice than usual, minus 125 on DraftKings. Might get it a little different on FanDuel, but I'm taking Jamar Chase over 76 and a half receiving yards. That, those are my two props for the Bengals-Titans game. What props do you have for this game, John? See a prop, take a prop. I'm going to join you at least on the um, the Derrick Henry prop there. I love Jamar Chase. I've got him on a fantasy team, uh, a dynasty team that I have. Uh, he's fantastic. He's amazing. Uh, something about it, he's just been so good over the last month. I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop for him to finally have a bad game. I am going to take a Cincinnati wide receiver here, uh, and, but it's not going to be Jamar Chase. Uh, it's going to be Tyler Boyd, actually. I like the idea of taking a Cincinnati receiver because, you know, Tennessee uh, really not great against the pass, only 25th against the pass overall in the NFL and even worse in their last three games. But instead of Jamar Chase, I'm going Tyler Boyd. His over under this week uh, is 45.5 on both DraftKings and FanDuel at minus 113. He's averaged 50.23 yards a game for the year. That's even after having two down weeks while Chase was going off the last couple of weeks. And you might think to yourself, okay, well, Chase is going off. That must mean Tyler, there's not room for Tyler Boyd. Not necessarily. Three weeks ago, um, when Chase had 125 yards receiving, Boyd still cashed in at 85. So I think Boyd can climb back above uh, this 45.5 number, especially considering Tennessee's uh, defense against the pass, which has not been great. And I would expect Cincinnati to try to ride Joe Cool, try to ride Joe Burrow, throw the ball as much as he can. I think in the end, that'll be the run doing, but I expect the targets to be there. So give me Tyler Boyd over 45 and a half receiving yards. Flip side of that, Tennessee 25th against the pass. They were second overall against the rush. Second. So that's why I'm also taking Joe Mixon, who averaged 73.7 rushing yards a game. I'm taking his under on 60 and a half, 
which is minus 115 on DraftKings, minus 113 on FanDuel, you might say, that's crazy, crazy, crazy. You're not taking the over when the prop is 13.7 yards under his average? Well, look at what Mixon's done recently. In his last six games, Mixon is only averaging 54.83 yards a game. So his average is riding a lot of big games earlier in the year. So give me the under on that. Tennessee's stout run defense combined with Mixon not being great over the last month and a half, combined with Cincinnati trying to take advantage of Tennessee's porous passing defense. I'll take the under on Joe Mixon, 16 and a half rushing yards, and I'll take the over on Tyler Boyd, 45 and a half receiving yards. Well, I got one more for you, and it's going to stay with my theme throughout the entire season, throughout the entire podcast, and that is field goal kickers. I'm not going with Randy Bullock from Tennessee. I am going, I'm sorry, with from uh, Cincinnati. I'm going with Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals. Great odds on DraftKings, plus 115. I think this is going to be a pretty decent defensive game. Um, you know, the over right now is uh, the point total is 47 and a half. I don't think it's going to go over. I think it's probably going to stay under, but I think there's going to be some field goals. So I'm going to go with the good odds on the field goal kicker with Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals plus 115. So those are my props for this game. Those are my thoughts on the Bengals Titans. Are we ready to move on to the game of the night for Saturday night, Niners, Packers. John, take us away. Yeah, this is yet another marquee game. So the Packers, uh, the team in the NFC, the number one seed, who had the lone buy uh, for the NFC this year, and they really did deserve it. Aaron Rodgers is probably the MVP favorite. It's down to probably he and Brady in the <laughs> NFC. Packers come in at 13 and four off the bye. The Niners come off a huge win in Dallas. That was just absolutely delicious to watch as an Eagles fan. The only medicine for getting throttled in the playoffs earlier in the day is to watch Dallas lose in crushing fashion to the Niners. It was beautiful. It was delectable. It's not, this line opened at about four and a half. The Packers giving about four and a half went up to six. The last time I checked, it was, Five and a half. The Niners getting five and a half points on both FanDuel and DraftKings, minus 110. And this is an extremely even matchup. You know, I've said it many times. When you're in the playoffs and you have teams that are fairly even up, I look to the line play. Uh, and all four lines are very good in this game. The Niners probably have a slight edge uh, as far as offensive line and defensive line goes. There was a thought that their injuries might play a role here. But the last time I checked, the two main guys on defense for the Niners who were questionable coming in, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. It looks like they're both going to play. Uh, Nick Bosa has cleared the concussion protocol on the other side of the ball. The Packers look like they're going to get David Bakhtiari. He of the, uh, the beer slamming Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander are all supposed to be back. So these teams should be basically back to full strength. You know, Aaron Rodgers poised to potentially, get some revenge here i didn't know this but rogers is actually owen three owen three in the playoffs against the packers excuse me against against the niners see these teams are so even i just keep mixing them up you know this game is in green bay and you know as much as i love the lines of san francisco 
and Debo Samuel has become the ultimate X factor. Brandon Ayuk has come on in recent weeks to show that he really did have the talent that he displayed last year. I'm going to take the pack and I'm going to give the points. It's more points than I would like to, but this is what it really comes down to for me. I'm thinking back to how that game in Dallas played out, you know, Niners played well on both sides of the ball, but what almost sabotaged them was their one weakness, I think. And that's Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the game missed a couple of plays uh, as he will do from time to time. I mean, even a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl, when the Niners had a chance to potentially ice the game against the Chiefs, uh, he missed a deep pass to, a, to an open receiver. I just think when it comes down to brass tacks, I think Aaron Rodgers makes the play at home coming off a bye, and Jimmy G cannot do it. So I like the Packers to win straight up. I'll give the five and a half, take Aaron Rodgers to exercise this demon and beat the Niners for his first win over the Niners in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers advance to the NFC Championship game. And, yes, cover the points. So that's what I got. I got the Packers covering the points. What do you got? Yeah, I'm with you on this. I think Green Bay is actually going to roll over the 49ers. I think Dallas showed up last week uh, timid. They had angst. Um, They were anxious going into the game. If you heard the post-game interview by Mike McCarthy, they were definitely nervous about going into that game against the 49ers. They didn't play well. CeeDee Lamb, like, basically didn't show up. He dogged it to the line of scrimmage on, on one of their penalties. Dallas committed about 14, 15 penalties last week. They led the NFL in penalties. There was no way they were going to win that game, but they had a chance at the very end of that game to beat the 49ers despite all of their mistakes. And I can't see San Francisco going into Green Bay and beating Green Bay this week or even coming close to covering the spread. Yeah, it started off low. It went up to six points. It's down to five and a half. I think Green Bay wins by at least a touchdown, if not 10 points. Last I looked, it's going to be cold. It is going to be cold in Green Bay. Temperature at kickoff, two degrees. May have changed since the last time I saw it, but it's going to be cold. Here's, a, here's some stats that I think are really important for this game. Jimmy G has never started a game with temperatures under 40 degrees. The two coldest games he played in, he lost a, uh, a game where the temperature was 40 degrees against the Ravens, and he lost the, the, the next coldest game, which was 41 degrees at Seattle. So I can't see Jimmy G going into Green Bay and beating the Packers, especially if the temperature is going to be in single digits. Um, but the last time these two teams played in the playoffs, San Francisco did beat Green Bay in the playoffs 37-20 in the NFC championship game. Um, But Jimmy G only, he only passed for six for eight for 77 yards. All the, all of their yards were on the ground in that Mostert game against green Bay. And he's not playing there, but the same quarterback is there. So a couple stats that, that I saw the Packers are 11 and one against the spread in their last 12 games after a loss. And I know, that they haven't played last week because they had the number one uh, seed. And their last game they played was against the Lions. And Aaron Rodgers came out of the game early. So do you throw that game out the window? Probably. But still, it's something to look at. 11-1 and against the spread in their last 12 games against, you know, after a loss. So 
I see Green Bay rolling in this game. I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown, if not 10 points. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking Green Bay. I'm laying the five and a half. And we will see Green Bay in the, the NFC Championship game. And in my opinion, and we'll talk about this later when Heath joins us, you know, being a Jet fan, you can't bet against Tom Brady. So let's see what happens in that game. But I can see Packers, uh, Buccaneers in the championship game. So, yeah, give me Green Bay laying the five and a half. John, you got some props in this game? I do. I do. So even though I like Green Bay in the game, I'm going to start with some San Francisco players that I like here. I, I said earlier, I call Debo the ultimate X factor. I mean, he really is. He's just impressed me so much this year. And that's really, you know, sort of beyond stating the obvious, right? I'm sure. Uh, I, I loved taking him in with the combo yards last week. That hit. Uh, this week, I'm doing it again. The, the, the number went down. It's 93 and a half. It's his combo yards uh, prop this year. 38 and a half rushing yards. Uh, he had 72 yards rushing last week. I don't think you need too much explanation. If you're Kyle Shanahan, you got to go to Debo early and often. Find as many creative ways as you can to get the ball in that man's hands. I'm Debo. Who? Debo. Because Debo has come through this year. I think he could will continue uh, to have really good performances. So I love Debo over 38, 38 and a half rushing yards and over 93 and a half combo yards. I also love, love, love Elijah Mitchell. Uh, perhaps the best uh, fantasy waiver wire pickup this year. His prop on attempts uh, is 18 and a half attempts at minus 120. He's averaging 19 and a half attempts on the year. He had 27 carries last week at Dallas. Finally, 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 Kyle Shanahan has found the back that he trusts enough to give him the ball when he's healthy. By all accounts, Mitchell is healthy. I expect him to two more. One I really like. It's a high, high, high. Uh, reception yardage prop, but it's Devontae Adams. Um, as good as Debo is, Devontae Adams might still be the best receiver in the game. His receiving yards prop is 94 and a half yards. That's a huge prop. I get it. It's a high, high number. But, you know, Devontae has done it against this Niners team. Earlier in the year when these two teams played, I think it was week three, uh, Green Bay came away with the win. Green Bay is a much better team now than they were even back then. And in that game, Devontae had 12 catches for 132 yards. The last time these two teams played in the playoffs was 2019. Devontae had nine for 138. I'm expecting uh, Rodgers to look for his main man, and that's Devontae Adams. And I have every confidence in the world Adams comes down with it. Uh, Adams has said nothing but glowing things, you know, over the last few weeks. He said Devontae Adams is the best player he's ever played with. Now Rodgers is going to have back to Yari back, watching his back. So I'm expecting him to have a little bit more time than he otherwise might have. He's going to get the ball to Devontae Adams. So give me the over on Devontae Adams, 94 and a half receiving yards. One more is just kind of a hunch here. Alan Lazard, over three and a half catches. I love the juice at plus 115. Lazard has been over this number uh, the last couple of weeks in a row. Um, it's a little bit iffy. Uh, but I just love, I think he can get four catches here. I love the plus 115. Uh, and I know Rodgers loves him too. So I expect Lazard to potentially be the second leading receiver behind Devontae. So that's what I've got for props. Give me Debo, rushing yards, combo yards. Give me Elijah Mitchell over on 18 and a half rushing attempts. Give me Devontae Adams over on 94 and a half receiving yards. And lastly, just on a hunch, I like Alan Lazard to get over three and a half catches. 
I am definitely with you on the Debo rushing prop for sure. I'm a little concerned about the high yardage on Devonte Adams, so I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from that. Although, look, you could be right, and he could get over that that 90 plus receiving yards because he is the number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers. But especially that Debo rushing prop, that's one of the four that I have listed. So when I looked at props, you know, there was a lot of tension that I had over who to pick on the Packers as far as the running back, uh, who's going to get more carries, who's going to get more yards. And I just think uh, with the cold weather, my gut tells me that I think that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to give the ball more to A.J. Dillon than he is to, to Aaron Jones. So, you know, trying to fight through that tension I, I'm going to take. I'm going to go with AJ Dillon with the lower rushing total, over 40 and a half rushing yards, um, minus 105. Good, you know, good, good juice on that on DraftKings. So, AJ Dillon over 40 and a half rushing yards, and then trying to look at receivers for for the 49ers, and I was trying to gain some clarity on this, and the clarity that I got is I think George Kittle is going to have a really big game this week and I haven't picked George Kittle all week or all year I'm sorry but I think with his his receiving total being 51 and a half receiving yards minus 120 on DraftKings I'm going to go with George Kittle and so that's my clarity on this with the 49ers and I got over my tension with the Packers with AJ Dillon and lastly I'm going to take as I always do and now we're down to the playoffs. I'm going with a kicker, and that's Robbie Gold. I think it's going to be a defensive struggle. I think it's going to be uh, some field goals in this game. So give me Robbie Gold over one and a half field goals, plus 105 on DraftKings. And those are my three props, along with Debo, over 38 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Those are my props. That's my pick. We're both on the Packers. And uh, – you know, I see Aaron Rodgers in the AFC Championship game. I mean, the NFC Championship game again. So, John, any last any last thoughts on this game? We're on the same page on this one. That's going to be a fifty burger. I wasn't sure if you were doing that on purpose, but I was definitely going to talk about how you know we were bringing clarity to the situation because there's such tension when you're trying to make these calls. You can really use that clarity. But let's go, man. Let's get it. On to the next one. On to the Sunday games and. Uh, to everybody out there, with the Sunday games coming on, we will be bringing in our guest, Heath Cummings, and he will be with you soon. So we'll move on to the Sunday games in just a moment. All right, everybody. And now the time has finally come. JT and I are very excited to welcome our guest this week. Uh, his name is Heath Cummings. It's Heath Cummings, senior fantasy writer with CBS Sports formerly of Football Guys and the Fantasy Football Show on ESPN. You can find him at Heath Cummings SR on Twitter. He does a, a bunch of podcasts and a lot of daily fantasy content. I personally am a huge fan of Heath's. Uh, and JT and I can't thank you enough for being on, Heath. Welcome. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I love doing this, just the, the guest appearances, and I don't get to do it during the season because I'm just too busy. And so this time of year, I try to make the rounds and I appreciate, appreciate you guys extending the offer. All right. Again, welcome. Uh, can't thank you enough for being here. 
And what we're going to do is Heath has been kind enough to join us as we sort of give our takes on the two Sunday games for the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, of course, that's the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Tampa against the Buccaneers. And then the night game is the Buffalo Bills traveling to Kansas City to play the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Um, most of you probably know already, Heath Cummings is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Um, JT, of course, is a Jets fan. I'm an Eagles fan. But I will say the Chiefs are a family team for me. My brother-in-law is from Missouri and is a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. His brother actually works at the stadium. So um, we always uh, take the Chiefs games close to heart in this uh, in this house as well. But without much further ado, why don't we hop into it? If it's okay with you guys, I'll start talking about the Rams at Tampa Bay, uh, the early game, 3 p.m. on Sunday. Matt Stafford and the Rams travel to Tampa Bay to go against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Both the Rams and the Bucks coming off big wins in the wild card round. Uh, the Rams, of course, beat the Cardinals out in Los Angeles, 34 to 11. The Bucks uh, absolutely annihilated my Philadelphia Eagles, 31 to 15 in Tampa last weekend. Uh, it wasn't even that close. On DraftKings right now, the Rams are getting two and a half points at plus 100. Uh, Bucks minus two and uh, two and a half at minus 120. Over on FanDuel, you get another half a point. The Rams getting three points at minus uh, 118. These two teams played earlier in the year, week three. The Rams came away with a 34 to 24 win. Of course, much has changed since then. Maybe some of the biggest things were some additions here. The Rams seemingly just, you know, they decide that they don't play by the rules of the salary cap. Uh, they have added Odell Beckham Jr., who has like six touchdowns in eight games or something like that, and Von Miller as well to their team here. Um, the Rams are four and one against the spread in their last five against the NFC and five and two, five and two against the spread overall. Uh, I tell you what, guys, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how this game might go. Uh, I went back and forth a lot on this game because of really one man. Um, I kept thinking to myself, how do I go against uh, Tom Brady here, who has, I believe it's more divisional round playoff wins than any other quarterback has playoff wins or something insane like that. I think the way I'm leaning actually, though, is the Rams. I love getting points in the playoffs. The Rams are getting a field goal on FanDuel. And I really start to focus on the line play, especially when it comes to a close game like this. Both of these teams have staunch lines here, but one thing that I really noticed about that Bucks Eagles game last week was the one thing the Eagles did well, and literally was probably the only thing, was they did actually get pressure on Brady. They sacked him four times, and a lot of that pressure seemed to come up the middle. Well, the Rams have a guy you may have heard of, Aaron Donald, right in the middle there. So I think that the Rams might be able to get pressure up the middle, and if they can, they can keep it close enough for the Rams' offensive firepower to either win the game outright or keep it extremely close and take advantage of that three points. So that's my initial reaction here, guys. I've got a few props that I would like to talk about, but I think I'll start to throw it around to some of the other guys. Uh, Heath, if you have any initial thoughts on this game, uh, please lay it on us. I'm uncomfortable with how comfortable I feel in this take, but I think it's wrong team favored. I mean, the Rams beat this team by two scores back when the Buccaneers had all their weapons and the Rams didn't have as many as of theirs. This just feels like, and I know like you're right. 
the the reason Tampa Bay is two and a half point favorite is it's Tom Brady and nobody wants to bet against Tom Brady, but I could see the Rams absolutely running away with this one. I think the Rams offense is better than the Tampa Bay defense. And I think the Rams defense right now is better than the Tampa Bay offense. I think you nailed it with the offensive line. Even if Worf's plays, he's not going to be close to 100%. The one way you can get at Brady is pressure up the middle. And that's where the Rams excel. There's been a lot of talk about how bad the games were last week and how this week we're guaranteed to get better games. And I think that's true for the most part. I'm not sure that's true in this game. I think that the Rams might win this one comfortably. I would take the Rams money line. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that. I forgot to talk about Wirfs going in and out of the game with his injury. Their center also left the game briefly with injury. Now, you know, going into last week's game, there was a lot of talk about, oh, you know, you know, can the Eagles keep it close because Brady's not going to have obviously no Godwin, um, no Antonio Brown, obviously, but I didn't really take that seriously because Brady can make, you know, water out of wine. You know, we've seen him throw game-winning touchdown passes this year to Brashad Perriman and Surreal Grayson. Offensive line is another story altogether. So I 100% agree with you on that, that that could be the key here. If the Rams can get pressure up the middle and we've seen them do it over and over, that could be the real difference here. You know, I'm going to go the other way in this game. And the reason I'm going to go the other way is I, I just, you know, being a Jets fan, I just, you just can't bet against Tom Brady. And on DraftKings, you're only laying two and a half points. I can see this game being close. But with Tom Brady, I just think the, the Buccaneers are going to pull this one out. I mean, Tom Brady is coming off of, you know, another possible MVP type season with 5,316 passing yards and 43 touchdowns. And last week, uh, Gronk had four, rece- I mean, five receptions and a touchdown. Mike Evans had 117 yards and a touchdown. And the Buccaneers have the number one pass defense in the league. So I just, I just can't bet against Tom Brady. Two, two stats also that's, that stuck out to me. The Rams are three and three against the spread with a rest disadvantage. And they played on Monday night and now they're playing on uh, Sunday. But the Buccaneers are six and one against the spread with a rest advantage. They played on Saturday and now they're getting an extra day of rest playing on Sunday. So with those stats, as well as the Buccaneers being 11 and one straight up and 10 and two against the spread in their last 12 at home, I'm taking the Buccaneers and I'm going to lay the two and a half points. Any other thoughts, guys, on this? Real quick, as an aside, JT, I meant to send this to you. I don't think that I did. I, I know, you know, Heath, JT and I have, have talked about a million games involving Tom Brady, and JT's rule generally is you don't go against Tom Brady, so he's sticking to that rule. I saw a meme today that I loved, uh, and I think the, the caption was something to the effect of, before we anoint Tom Brady the greatest of all time, there's one more test he has to pass, and it's Tom Brady in a Jets uniform. <laughs> so what happens? Uh, um any final thoughts on the game line here heath well i don't think tom brady will ever wear a jets uniform so i feel comfortable with that one um no i listen i think it's like we've mostly hit on it the rams in my opinion are the better team the buccaneers have tom brady and you just have to decide how you want to weigh those two things um and there's there's very good and plenty of historical evidence to just say don't ever bet against tom brady but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so, I am too. We'll see <laughs> and I am not. I've learned my lesson many times and I'm not. All right. Well, with that said, let's hop into to, to some props here, guys. I'm going to throw out a couple that I like, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts. And if you have any too, I'd love to hear those. Now, oddly enough, I almost never take unders. And it's just because to me, they're just not that fun. But like when you're watching a game, I'm always cheering for more and more offense. But my first prop's going to go against that. 
Cam Akers has made the miracle return to the Rams here after, you know, having that the horrible leg injury that he suffered right before the beginning of the year. You know, I and a lot of football fans have been cheering for him to, to make it back. And amazingly, he came back last week. I thought he looked really good. Uh, he had 17 carries for 55 yards. Um, and his prop this week, his rushing prop on FanDuel is 50 and a half. I think it's 52 and a half over on DraftKings. But on FanDuel, it's 50 and a half rushing yards at minus 114. I'm actually thinking of taking the under here. Remember, Sony Michelle is still playing a big role. Even last week, he had 13 carries for 58 yards. It's hard for me to believe that as good as Michelle has been over the last couple of months, that he's not going to play a significant role. I think he will. I mean, I also saw that uh, Daryl Henderson, I think he was activated off the short-term IR and could play in the next couple of weeks. I don't think he's expected to suit up in this game. But point is, with Cam Akers still at least splitting time with Sony Michelle, I think it's going to be hard for him to hit that 55-yard mark, especially when you consider who he's playing against. The strength of the Tampa Bay defense is their rushing defense. They had the number th- third overall rushing defense. That's both in terms of overall yards and, of course, yards per game. 22nd against the pass. Of course, the Rams have tons of firepower through the air, so I'm expecting the Rams to rely on that, attack the secondary of the Bucs, even though the the safety combo looked really good last week. Um, And I just don't think Akers might not even get 15 carries, so I'm taking the under on that 15 and a half yards. Throw out a couple more real quick, and then uh, I'll take your thoughts here. Real quick, I said to take Cooper Cup over on the receiving yards last week. That didn't hit. I'm going back to the well this 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 week a lot of that is because i was so mad i didn't have cooper cup on any of my fantasy teams so i didn't get any of that um luckily since he only had 61 receiving yards last week cooper cups receiving prop this week is down to 99 and a half right now on both DraftKings and fanduel he's he's gone over this 99 and a half uh yard mark in 11 of his 18 games in the, the last time these two teams played, he was just shy of this number, 96 receiving yards in week three against Tampa Bay. And a little creative uh, math here I got going on. Since week five, in every week that Cup failed to hit 100 receiving yards, he was over 100 receiving yards next week. So I'll take Cooper Cup and the over on 99 and a half. And I'll stop there for now. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. And if you have any others, um, I'm going Cam Akers under 50 and a half, Cooper Cup over 99 and a half receiving yards. I, I like the Akers under rushing yards. I would probably, and I'm looking at Caesars here, I, they've got him at 18 and a half receiving yards. I would probably go over on the Cam Akers receiving yards, but I do agree with the under on the on the rushing. That number on the Cooper Cup seems like one I'd probably just stay away from, but I don't have a strong take that it's wrong. I just don't feel comfortable. That's a huge number for a wide receiver. And you know that if Tampa Bay is trying to stop anything, it's Cooper cup. Now that's been the case for three months and almost nobody's done it. So maybe they can't either. I'm going to lean into this betting against Tom Brady thing though. I like the under two and a half touchdown passes. You get bad odds on that. I like the under 292 on rushing yards. You get bad odds odds on that, but, Pair them. If we're going to bet against Tom Brady, let's, let's do a parlay with those two, get some better odds, and just go all the way in. I'll even go over half an, inter- an interception at plus money. Um, let's just let's just bet on Tom Brady having a bad day. Yeah, well, since I am not betting against <laughs> Tom Brady, I am not going to take those prop bets. But what I am going to take is um, Odell Beckham Jr. 
over 47 and a half receiving yards because I don't like the Cooper Cup over bet on receiving yards. It's just a massive number. He didn't hit it last week. Um, but Odell Beckham Jr. has been having a great, great run here with the Rams. Six touchdowns in his last eight games. He went over his receiving total last week. So it's 47 and a half minus 115 on DraftKings. And I'm also going to uh, pair that up with over three and a half receptions for OBJ. Uh, also, pretty bad juice on, uh, on DraftKings at minus 155. I didn't look on FanDuel to see what the, the juice was on that. But I like his receptions and yardage both going over. And my last prop on this game, and Heath, this has been a prop that I've taken so many times and it's salvaged days is I'm taking a field goal kicker, Matt Gay, over one and a half field goals, plus 105 on DraftKings. I think with the Tampa Bay uh, having the number one pass defense, there could be several field goals in this game. So I'm going over Matt Gay, one and a half field goals. Love, love, love the uh, Matt Gay over field goals. 100% on board with that one. The, The Odell Beckham prop does give me a chance to give my favorite stat which is that Odell Beckham averaged 38.8 receiving yards with the Cleveland Browns this season. He averaged 38.1 receiving yards per game with the Rams. He's just scored touchdowns. He's a tight end basically, but he did have over this number in the playoffs. And if the Buccaneers are able to take away cup, I don't hate it. I just love the fact that he had the same number of yards per game with the Rams and the Browns. Yeah, it's funny. And I had that written down because I, I heard you give that stat. I think <laughs> podcast, your podcast yesterday, he, and I, it's a number that jumps right out at you. Exactly the same with the Rams as uh, the Browns. Also, side note, I love bell peppers. One thing that gives me a little bit of pause on the Tom Brady stuff is uh, the Rams do have injury problems in the secondary. Uh, Taylor Rapp, I think, is coming off a concussion. Now, they signed Eric Weddle. I don't know if he's going to play or not. but if He played he- last week. Yeah, he did play last he, week. He played 19 snaps last week. Yeah. I didn't realize he played that. I didn't realize. I don't know how. Yeah, it's crazy. After two years of retirement? Yeah. <laughs> crazy. It's it's hard to believe that a guy like that could be, you know, playing at a, at a top-notch level. And if he's not, and if there's any weakness there, if there's anybody that could take advantage of it, I guess it would have to be Brady. One, I got one last prop I want to throw out to you guys. Tyler Higby. He had four targets last week. Okay. But. He averaged seven targets a game in his previous seven games before that. His over-under prop for catches now is four and a half at plus 120. Great odds on that. He had five catches uh, in the first game uh, between these two uh, uh, teams. And Tampa Bay gives up a little over five catches a game. It seems like Stafford is looking his way a little bit more. And if Tampa Bay is able to get a little bit of a pass rush, because we know they can do that too, uh, maybe Stafford looks for an intermediate route to Higby a couple of times instead of going deep to uh, ODB. Um, So the the last prop I'll throw out there, Tyler Higby over four and a half catches. All right. So you want to move on to uh, second game of the day? Let's do it. The Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills seem to be the darlings of the playoffs, but they're running into Heath's Kansas City Chiefs this week. Right now, I have the line at the Chiefs giving two points at home. The over-under right now is 54 and a half. Um, These two teams played each other in week five with Buffalo just smashing Kansas City 38 to 20. Josh Allen had a phenomenal day, 315 yards in the air, 59 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, and Pat Mahomes had three turnovers in that game. Uh, in the two playoff games these teams have played, the Bills crushed New England last week, 47-17, pitching a perfect game, 
scoring a touchdown on every single possession with the exception of the kneel down at the end of the game. Uh, 482 total yards of offense against what was the number three defense in the league. So pretty impressive. Um, Kansas City, on the other hand, had a phenomenal game against the Steelers, but I don't think anybody thought that the Steelers really had a chance in that game. Even Ben Roethlisberger didn't even understand why they were in the playoffs. Um, Bills have a great day. They also have one of the best offenses, but I just have a feeling in this game that it's going to go Heath's way and Kansas City is going to pull this one out, uh, cover the two points, probably win by three or four. Um, and that's how I see this game. Uh, Kansas City is 5-0 and against the spread as home favorites, which they're a favorite here. Um, but Buffalo is 4-0-1 against the spread in their last five games. So pretty close. But I just feel like Kansas City is going to pull this one out against Buffalo, and they're going to rain on their parade. And the, this, uh, this darling... Uh, you know, depiction that everybody has is Buffalo running through the AFC and making it to the Super Bowl. I think it ends this Sunday in Kansas City. What do you guys think? This one, I, I said I felt uncomfortable with how comfortable I felt with the last game. I, I have zero comfort in this game. Like, I, I think I joked on the podcast it was going to be 57-56 with the Chiefs going for two at the buzzer. Um, I, I'm betting the over and the over and the player props. I want the over basically on all of them across the board. Just give me the over. I think there's gonna be a ton of points. Um, I would, if I had to place a bet on a side here, it would be chiefs money line. Cause I do think it's going to be that close to the game where I I'm, I'm willing to pay a little bit of juice for the two points right now. Um, but I, like, I don't think you can take too much from the earlier matchup just because the chiefs defense then versus now and the chiefs offense even that was during the stretch when the chiefs apparently did not know how to play against a cover two defense and everybody's just playing soft shell coverage against them and Mahomes would just turn the ball over he wouldn't be patient they've they've beat that now it will be interesting to see i think on both sides what each team does defensively i can't imagine buffalo is going to play any sort of shell coverage for very long the way the chiefs have been playing against that but kansas city last week I believe the highest percentage of press coverage that any team in the NFL has played in seven years against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when they played against Buffalo early in the year, they played almost entirely cover zero. Um, just like Spags wants to get after you. Josh Allen has not been very good against the blitz this year, but he was incredible against everything Kansas city did earlier in the year. Now that was back when Daniel Sorensen was playing hundred percent of the snaps and Frank Clark was not healthy. And Chris Jones was playing outside instead of inside. So I don't know that we can take too much from that, but I do think this is just a game with a lot of fireworks and I, I like the over. Yeah. I, I hope you're right, Heath. And I think a, a lot of people agree, agree with you. I mean, you know, if you turn on any, anybody who's talking about these games, this bills chiefs game is the marquee matchup of a really great weekend. Uh, like I said, I'll be cheering for the chiefs for sure. Uh, and I won't put money down against them, but I got to be honest with you, my gut, feeling is that the bet is to go the other way because the bills just you know sort of to jt's point they sort of have that feeling you know it doesn't always happen this way of course but you know we've seen teams before where they sort of work their way up the hierarchy you know they make the playoffs have a good showing lose then make it to the championship game the next the next year lose and then come back and make it to the super bowl the chiefs did that as a matter of fact as they sort of you know work their their way through with this uh, current team here and the bills just sort of have that feeling that they've 
paid their dues is not the right word, but they've gotten better every year. They've added talent in all the right places. And it's all seemed kind of geared to play against this team, to play against the Kansas City Chiefs here. I sort of agree that it's hard to really take that um, first game into account too much because the Chiefs really got off to a bad start and their defense in particular has been a different unit the second half of the year. Um, that sort of plays into some trends I'm going to talk about. I, you can use, you can find any trend you want to, to support your position. I typically only refer to them when it's, there's a stark difference. There seems to be one here. Uh, the Chiefs are only nine and nine against the spread overall on the year. That's from SI.com. While the Bills are nine, three and two against the spread in their last 14 as road underdogs. That's pretty impressive to me. Now, again, the Chiefs trend, maybe you throw some of that out because they had such a poor start to the year and really ended up being a different team in the second half. But what's going on right now? Well, right now, the Bills are getting off to really quick starts. They've outscored their opponents, their last four opponents, 45 to two in the first quarter uh, in their last four games. That's from covers.com. And, you know, like I said, I'll be cheering for the Chiefs. But this game is just this side of a pick em. And my gut reaction is, my recommendation is, you take the Bills here. You take the point and a half or two points, whatever you're going to get. Right now, I've got it at a point and a half on FanDuel and two on DraftKings. Uh, and that Josh Allen and this team just takes the next step um, and moves on to the AFC Championship game with a shot at the Super Bowl. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Heath. No, I, I do kind of think that there's a possibility. And I said this on Twitter yesterday, and it's not moved much today but it's kind of been creeping towards the bills all week long. What I said on Twitter yesterday was I would not be surprised if we get like, if you really want to take the chiefs, you might want to wait as long as possible. Cause this game, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pick them by Sunday afternoon, or if the bills maybe are even favored. I, I expect some more money to come in on the bills. And I think the general consensus is with you. Um, as we've talked about, like this is the bills are the better team. The bills are, this is the bills year. They're going to the super bowl. And so I, I think that line is going to move a little bit more towards Buffalo by Sunday is my expectation. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I would wait to the last minute in this game, I mean, to pick this game, because I do think the line's going to move um, closer and closer to Buffalo, and it probably will end up in a pick um, by game time. But the one thing I do love is the over as well. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, even though Buffalo has got a great defense and the Chiefs defense has vastly improved from the beginning of the season. But I do think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this well, game. I would definitely go with the over. I mean, we talked about it that first game. It was 58, right? And that was yeah. back when the Chiefs off the Chiefs turned it over three times and the Chiefs offense wasn't very good at that point in the season. So and it went over then. So, yeah, I, I definitely like the over a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of props that I like in this game, um, even though I'm not going to take Buffalo, I still think Josh Allen's going to have a good game, and I think he's going to have a good game on the on on the ground. Um, right now, his rushing total is 50 and a half rushing yards. Uh, he passed that in the first game against the Chiefs, albeit a different Chiefs defense. Um, but he did run the ball uh, very well last week against the Patriots. So right now, it's 50 and a half rushing yards. Juice is a little high at minus, minus 125 on DraftKings. So I do like Allen over rushing yards. And our old standby, Heath that we would take every single week, week in, week out last year, hasn't totally panned out this year, Travis Kelsey over yards. I think he's going to have a big game. I know Buffalo's defense is good. His total right now is 69 and a half on DraftKings, uh, minus 115. So give me Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey over receiving yards. And those are my two props on this game. 
Guys, what do you think? Well, I can tell you that I had two props marked down for this game, and you hit, already hit on one of them, JT. That's Josh Allen rushing. I took it last week. He had 66 yards. Now, one thing, you know, kind of my process is I kind of look at what the, the props are. I see a couple that jump right out at me, and then I look at the numbers underneath it to see if there's support for it. And I don't usually like taking a prop where the number is above the guy's season average, but I'm doing it twice here. Josh Allen on the year is rushing for 46 yards a game, which is obviously under the 50 and a half number here. But my theory is he takes off in the playoffs. He had 66 yards on the ground last week. Last year in the playoffs, he had 54 yards, three yards, and 88 yards against this same Chiefs team in Arrowhead. And remember, that three yards was against Baltimore, and Lamar Jackson got hurt. It was just a weird game, so I sort of throw that one out. Even in 2019, he had 92 yards on the ground against the Texans. I think bright lights, big city, national TV, big game against the Chiefs. Allen's going to take off again. So I like the over on 50 and a half. I'll, I'll follow you on that, JT. And the other one I like, I love taking Mahomes rushing as well. His average on the year is 22.7 yards a game. And his rushing prop this week is a little bit higher than we've seen it in over a month now. Uh, it's 24 and a half or 25 and a half, depending on where you're looking. Uh, he had 29 yards on the ground last week, 55 yards on the ground the week before that, 61 yards on the ground against the Bills in week five. Um, uh, even last year, uh, he only had five yards in the playoffs on the ground against the Bills, but he had 36 yards on the ground earlier in, in the year. Same deal. I think Mahomes tries to pick this team up on, put them on his back as if that's not where they're at anyway um, in this playoff game. So even though these numbers are above the quarterback, each quarterback's season averages, I still like Mahomes on the over at 24 and a half rushing yards. And I love Josh Allen on the over on 50 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, I had Mahomes on the 25 and a half. He's been over that number five of his last seven playoff games. And you mentioned what he did against the Bills as well. So Mahomes over 25 and a half was one of my favorites. I had two others. Mahomes over two and a half pass touchdowns. I don't think the Chiefs are running the ball into the end zone against the Bills. And I do think they're scoring at least three touchdowns. You're actually getting that at plus money on Caesars at plus 120 at over two and a half pass touchdowns for Mahomes. And then I... I expect motor Devin Singletary to continue his success over 60 and a half rushing yards. The chiefs, I think will be okay. If Devin Singletary is running the ball in this game. So uh, I'll go over 60 and a half for Singletary as well. And uh, one more that I'm going to throw out there. Cause I would be remiss if I didn't pick a kicker, Harrison Butker over one and a half field goals. Going to be a lot of points scored in this game. They won't all be touchdowns. I think there's going to be a couple field goals in there. So give me Harrison Butker over one and a half field goals. Right now, it's minus 120 on DraftKings. I've got one more, too. Da Dawson Knox, over 40 and a half receiving yards. The Chiefs have been oddly good against wide receivers, even when their defense hasn't been very good the past couple of years. But they get destroyed by tight ends. I think Knox will be over 40 and a half. Yeah, I like that one, too. Definitely. All right, man. So I think that's what we got. We just knocked out two games. Obviously made a bunch of people a bunch of money. <laughs> You're welcome, listener. Um, we appreciate that. Um, Heath, again, we can't thank you enough for joining us. We appreciate your time. It's been a blast. It's been a personal thrill for me too. Uh, but before we let you go, we'd love for you to participate in the last segment of our podcast. Our loyal listeners will know that that's our track of the week. Heath, do you have a track of the week for us? 
You know, I, I am I am bad about listening to unique music or new music. I, I, I find something and I just listen to it forever. And the thing I've been listening to just all the time lately has been Chris Stapleton's album, Starting Over. I love the connection between the first song on that album, Starting Over, and the second, the, the last one, um, Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, so that's, that's where I'm at. All right, so my track of the week is a mashup by an up-and-coming DJ named Joshua Thomas. <laughs> and the tracks that were mashed up by this just fantastic DJ is a track called Clarity by Zed, which I'm sure most people have heard, and a trance track called Tension by um, Elon Bluestone and Jerome Is Ismaye. And the mashup is called The Clarity of Tension by Joshua Thomas. And it is just a fantastic uh, track that's been uh, put together. So that's my track of the week this week. underground DJ Joshua Thomas. Big name we're all going to be looking for as I'm looking at my Zoom here right now. Joshua T. Buckner. Oh, that's odd. All right. My track of the week, I'm going to be digging in the crates here. Um, you know, JT and I are both Jer big Jersey Shore guys in the early 2000s. This track, I think, is from 2001, I think. Uh, it's been picked as a track of the week before on this podcast, and it's because it's such a fantastic, uplifting track. Uh, the late Kim English, um, Every Day, the Hex Hector mix. Uh, it is just a, a song about keeping a positive, uplifting, forward attitude every single day. Uh, that's how I'm trying to live my life. So that's my track of the week, Kim English, Every Day. Well, this concludes the divisional round of Wagers Ragers. So we once again thank Heath for joining us. And everybody, we will be back next week for the championship week. Yes, and thanks again, Heath. Follow Heath if you don't already on Twitter, at Heath Cummings, SR. Heath, if there's anything else you wanted to say to the crowd or the crowd <laughs> or anything else you wanted the people to know, please, the floor is yours. Uh, yeah, you, the only thing I would say is um, I'm working on refreshing Dynasty content, and we are just pushing out a ton of content the next three weeks. So if you're into Dynasty Fantasy Football, CBSSports.com, we've got everything you need. Awesome. Thanks, Heath. May your bets be sharp and your caches be bountiful. We will see you next week. We are out. Later. See you guys. Later.